Hi, I'm Kensley. And I'm Alyssa. And today we have a very special and different episode for you guys. There's not going to be any commentary, or at least not as much in this episode, um, because we have our information all in front of us, ready to just give to you guys. But this is the story of a family that was completely torn apart by the woman that was supposed to love them the most. You're listening to The Ugly Truth, and this is our mini-series on Lori Vallow. Here is episode one. Colby Ryan was at home one evening when he heard a knock at his door. It was the police. They began to ask him if Tylee or JJ were there. Tylee and JJ were Colby's younger siblings. So the police questioning where they were worried him. Colby immediately called his mom, Lori, asking what was going on. Her response, I'm so sorry, but I'll explain later. He then called her a second time, but her phone was dead. It was then that he received an email from his mother saying, Hi, Kolbs. I need you to know that we are safe and happy. I know that this sounds confusing to you, but I need you to trust me. That although there are wicked people trying to cause harm, that Jesus is on our side. Now, with all that craziness being said, let's dive into kind of the family dynamics because that's super important in this case. So Janice and Barry Cox had four children. First, they had two boys named Alex and Adam, and then came their first daughter, Lori, and their youngest daughter was Summer. The Cox family were devout Mormons, and they began raising their four children within the church immediately. And Janice claimed that Lori was the one who loved church the most, saying that she took to it very quickly. Hmm. Lori got married for the first time when she was pretty young, and that marriage didn't last. Then she married William LaGoya, and the two had Colby when Lori was only 22. But William began exhibiting some abusive behaviors, and Lori didn't want her son to live in a home like that, rightfully so. So very quickly, she took Colby and she left. But then Lori met another man. This man was named Joe Ryan. The two had a very quick courtship and got married soon after. Colby described Joe as, quote, really sweet and outgoing. Lori finally had the family that she had dreamed of, and soon she welcomed her first daughter into the world, Tylee. Colby was thrilled to have a little sister, and he absolutely adored her. And Lori, she loved the attention. Shortly after having Tylee, she entered the Miss Texas pageant. In a video interview, she said, quote, being a good mom is very important to me, and a good wife and a good worker. And being all of those things together is not easy. I'm basically a ticking time bomb, end quote. She also appeared on on shows like Wheel of Fortune, where her bright, bubbly personality showed through. But eventually, Lori and her, quote, perfect family fell apart. Joe began physically hurting Colby for simply being, quote, too annoying. And Lori, too, had experienced abuse from Joe. So one day, she packed up the kids and left. Colby recalls this day and said he never wanted to see Joe again. 
He claims his mom kept saying she was going to kill Joe if she didn't leave. After ending her relationship with Joe, Lori was on a podcast where she spoke about turning her life to the temple. She said, quote, I went to my bishop and I said, I'm either going to turn my life to the temple or I'm going to commit murder. Foreshadowing. Oh my gosh. Then Lori met Charles. Charles was also very involved in the Mormon church and the Mormon faith, and he was also financially well off. Charles had several other sons, so when the two got married, their two families became one big unit. And in 2013, Charles and Lori adopted JJ. And the situation with that is that Charles's older sister, Kay Woodcock, was watching over JJ, and he was her grandson. One of Kay's children had JJ and wasn't quite fit to take care of him, so they gave him to his grandparents, which were Kay and Larry. And they were getting older, so they wanted JJ to have a younger family to live with, so Lori and Charles adopted him. JJ was autistic, and he struggled with some things, but he made everyone feel whole. And in 2014, the family moved to Kauai, Hawaii. Lori said that it was God that told her they needed to move there. Friends of the Vallow family in Kauai said they thought Lori and Charles had the perfect marriage, but Lori would complain to her friends about Charles constantly, saying that they weren't spiritually equal. She thought that Charles was holding her back. In 2017, the Vallow family moved back to Arizona. It was then that Colby met his soon-to-be wife, Kelsey. The two began going to a Christian church, which stirred up some problems between Colby and Lori. She was angry that Colby had left the LDS church. Lori had begun a fascination with the end times, and she told her sister-in-law, quote, sometimes I would rather just drive off of a cliff with my kids in a car than go through end times, end quote. Oh my gosh. The serious shift happened when Lori joined a podcast group called Feel the Fire. Her brother Alex also joined this group. The group attended a conference about near-death experiences, and this is where she met a man called Chad Daybell. Chad and Lori had an instant connection, and they both began asking more about each other's beliefs. The two also believed that they had been married several times before, but in past lives. Chad had a near-death experience where he believed he saw, quote-unquote, beyond the veil, And after this near-death experience, he believed that he was basically at the level of a prophet and that God spoke to him more than anyone else. And the near-death experience was he was cliff jumping and he jumped off of the cliff and scraped the rocks on his way down. And so he hit the water really hard and almost died, obviously, near-death experience. Yeah, but Chad was also a very public figure in the LDS community and in just the public community due to his many appearances on talk shows and podcasts, and he had published many books. Chad believed that 144,000 people would survive an apocalypse that was going to happen, and they would be the ones to ascend to heaven, and the rest would be doomed. And Chad thought that he would lead the survivors in the end times. Lori Vallow began reading Chad's books, and she began adopting the beliefs that Chad shared. Many people that know Lori said that she changed after meeting Chad. Lori began telling her friends that her husband Charles was already dead. She said that a demon had taken over his body 
and that they had to wait for the demon to die. The demon was named Ned, according to Lori. Lori also called her son, saying that Charles had been cheating their whole marriage, so after hearing this, Colby called Charles. Charles began freaking out, saying, quote, She's crazy. She thinks she's a god. This is not your mom, Colby. End quote. Colby initially believed Charles was the guilty one and was trying to cover up what he had done. In summer of 2019, Charles was on a business trip and Lori canceled his flight home and had her brother Alex remove his truck from the airport. Charles called the cops to tell them what was happening once he got back to the house. And here is that audio clip now. Okay. So what makes her a danger to herself and she to others? She threatened me, murder me, kill me. She threatened to murder you? Yes. And she said How did she do that? By my bishop right there is in the car. He was on the phone with me today when she said, I will have you destroyed. Stuff is gone. I don't know what that and means. And how long have you been trying to get in touch with the kids? Since yesterday. Since yesterday? Like last night or yesterday morning? Or? About, I uh, landed in Houston Tuesday about 10. Okay. Why did you leave? Uh, there's a trip in Houston. Okay. And when did you leave? Tuesday morning about 5 a.m. Charles tells police that Lori has lost it and that she no longer believes he is her husband, but a demon who has taken over her husband. The cops decided that nothing illegal had been done and that Lori taking the kids was okay because Charles was out of state. The next day, Lori went to the police department and told her story. She claimed that Charles had taken some of her items and the police automatically believed her. They said, quote, just talking to you, I don't see you being a danger to yourself or anyone else, end quote. Little so did bad. they know that was a very dangerous statement. <clears throat> Charles had an, had also filed a report saying that Lori needs needed a psych evaluation, and she got one. She was never admitted, so everyone assumed there was nothing wrong, except for Charles. But who else was on Charles' side? Lori's brother, Adam Cox. Charles and Adam began to believe that Chad and Lori were in a relationship as more than friends. And Charles threatened to tell Chad's wife, Tammy, about the alleged affair. <laughs> Would not be surprised. Adam and Charles planned an intervention for Lori when they were going to fly out to Arizona and talk to her. But Lori caught on and here are the texts that she sent to her brother, Alex. Lori, I'm going to need you to stay close to me for a couple of days. They are planning some sort of intervention. Thank you for standing by me. It's all coming to a head this week. Apparently, it's tied to Ned being gone. Hopefully today or tomorrow. Alex, have fun and get rid of Ned already. <laughs> when Charles arrived at Lori's house for the quote-unquote, intervention, he sent a text to Adam saying, quote, Alex is here. A 911 call was then made from Alex saying, quote, I got into a fight with my brother-in-law. I shot him in self-defense. But how true is this self-defense claim? I guess we'll have to wait and find out in episode two of our mini-series that comes out next week. It's kind of a shorter episode. This is basically just the family dynamics of this story because there's a lot. There's a lot of depth. And obviously, Charles and Lori are, you know, at odds because one of the brothers, Adam, is taking 
Charles's side and Alex is taking Lori's side. And so that is going to lead to a little bit of turmoil. We'll figure out in the next couple episodes. But yeah, this case is insane and it only gets crazier. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> it gives me chills just thinking about it. Because... And the trial is still going on. Right. So hopefully by the time that we finish this miniseries, hopefully we can get you guys the final verdicts because... Yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't know what the final verdicts are of this case. And we won't spoil anything for you guys, but... Yeah, when we get a little later on, we can do a little bit of an update, too. We'll do, yeah, some deep diving. But thank you guys for listening. Even though this is a bit of a shorter episode, we just want to spend as much time as we can getting the rest of the episodes out there for you guys. So we're going to spend a lot of time these upcoming weeks doing all the research we can and getting those out to you guys in the upcoming weeks. Again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at pod.theuglytruth and send us an email with any future case recommendations at pod.theuglytruth at gmail.com. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening.